Welcome to the UK Fantasy NFL Show. I'm your league champion, Adam Best, here with two other league members, Sam Best and Alex Deacon. How are we going, boys? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, good, thanks. Are we going to have that intro every week? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, until one of you two win the league, probably stick with it. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, well, or, or if you're bottom of the league come week four or five, then you might have to, uh, might have to pull it in. I introduced yeah. myself as the league failure with two other league members. <laughs> um, before we start, we're all from Leicestershire and a big win for Leicester in the FA Cup. I think I speak for all football fans and people who saw it on the telly. It was a bit of an emotional moment watching Yuri Tielemans smack in the 25-yarder that crowd went wild. Yeah, uh, actual other league member, Dave, who I'm sure will be on the pod at some point, was present at Wembley for that game so he was um, yeah I think he had a little cry I was as a Forest fan you know Leicester aren't our biggest friends but I, I I can't stand Chelsea so I was cheering on Leicester all the way and really really enjoyed that goal and just seeing the fans go mad yeah it feels like the Cups FA Cups got boring in the last few years because it's just the same teams winning it all the time and even though it's the same teams in the final and so what's the point in watching it? It's just the first FA Cup final for a while that I've actually kind of sat down and thought, I actually want a team to win. And I think Leicester are good enough to go on and win something like that again. Um, I don't think this will be a one-off. I think they're quite a good cup team because they've got that sort of explosion to beat any team. Like They can quite literally beat any team on their day. So I reckon they could win another one. Yeah, good to have fans back. Anyway, moving on. Talk about Aaron Rodgers briefly two weeks ago. Um, there was rumours of him having a big contract and then a fake tweet about him retiring, and it's it's all blown up with Aaron Rodgers. What do you think will end up happening? Um, Aaron Rodgers retiring, can't see it happening. Um, I'm glad that was a fake tweet, because when you sent a message to the chat saying that he was retiring, I was a bit taken back. You can't get an MVP season and then retire, I don't think. You know, you just go for another season. Treat us, some, treat us to some more, Aaron. Big contract, definitely deserves it. I'm not sure whether or not it'll come. I, as a personal selfish point of view, I'd quite like to see him at a different team just because I find that quite interesting. But um, we'll have to see. I think he stays. I think it's a, it's a move that's been played by sportsmen or, or in every sport. If they put enough pressure on the team and make things seem more realistic, you know, the bookies get on top of it, all that kind of thing. The team caves, offer him a new contract. He just deals with it. He plays at a good team. And he has another good season and possibly could even have another MVP season because he's capable of that kind of thing. I think he stays, to be honest. I think that the steam has gone from some of these moves a little bit, but maybe they'll pick up again. But yeah, I don't see him moving. I think if he um, I think if he does move, then it will be because they don't give him a big contract. I think he's, he's set the precedent now saying that, you know, if I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay. And, and get a big contract and I want big money because I mean why wouldn't he he's just won MVP he completely deserves a big contract but you know if the Packers are completely set on saying you know we don't have room in the in the cap room for that you know he's going to have to go somewhere else and whoever gets him is going to be a pretty lucky team yeah I wonder if um, they sort of semi-plan to be moving on from Aaron Rodgers after this year given that they picked Jordan Love last year and then 
Aaron Rodgers got the MVP and made that de- made that decision very difficult for them. I mean, they definitely plan. Well, no, I don't want to say plan for it. Remember, probably Plan B. But they've picked up two quarterbacks. Picked yeah. up two quarterbacks since the draft. I mean, the, the best of which is Blake Bortles. So, I mean, not amazing. And obviously, they're going to start Jordan Love, but it sort of seems like they're panicking a bit and they're trying to get backups in the building. Yeah, strange. Well, um, we'll see what comes, but could be an interesting couple of weeks there. The only other thing that happened, really, of note in the last couple of weeks in the off-season is um, the schedule's been released. We knew, obviously knew who was going to play who, but now we know Tampa Bay and the Dallas Cowboys kick off the season. Yeah, I think that, that's that's probably a, a game to look out for. Um, I think Dallas are going to come out the blocks, I think, this season. I think they had a decent enough draft. I think Elliot, although coming off of not an incredible year, has something to prove. Obviously, Dak being the big, big talking point, really, of the Dallas Cowboys. I think they might come out. And I'm not sure Tampa Bay weren't amazing during the actual season. So whether they win or not is, I think, you know, not guaranteed. I do. Obviously, they are favourites. But um, I think it could be an interesting year. Tampa Bay are going to be a really interesting team because they're coming up with a lot of pressure, but a lot of expectations. And I'm, I don't know if they'll fulfil them, uh, but maybe they'll start off with a win at least. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is interesting because Cowboys were shocking last year. Same with the Eagles. I mean, that whole division was pretty awful. Um, but Tampa, I thought, were very impressive towards the end of last year. Once they started to merge a bit and once Tom Brady got his teeth in, they were very good. At the beginning of the... Um, post-season I would have said that they didn't have a chance and I think I probably did say that um, and they proved us all wrong I'm I'm concerned that they're, they're just going to you know carry on because I'm not very excited by Tom Brady or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but I know I think they have potential to do really well I'm in your camp Sam at the start of the year last year I was just sort of like you know Tampa have got Brady that doesn't mean that it's going to change the whole team and, and they're not going to be playoff contenders I didn't even think they'd even in the playoffs and then all of a sudden they beat my Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl so I think it's going to be either hit or miss next year with Tampa I think they'll either be you know solid playoffs what they do in the playoffs is obviously a bit of a lottery um, but I could only see the Cowboys improving I think it's actually a really really interesting matchup to see how Brady and you know the, pretty much the whole or I think it was the whole Super Bowl team has now re-signed and is ready to go again next year. Obviously, they've they've got an amazing group there, but it will be interesting to see how well they do next year and very interesting to see how Cowboys do at the start of the year. You know, Dak is now confirmed that he will be back for game one. Um, obviously, Zeke last year was a bit of a mess for fantasy. He can only, only improve from now. It will be really, really interesting to see how that one shapes up. Yeah, an interesting one. It should be a good game, though. Kick off the season. I'll be, I'll be staying up. <laughs> Who do we think is going to get the most points in that game, though? For uh, fantasy. Who's your bet on? Most points for fantasy. I am going to go for Dak Prescott. Big game, out the gate. 30 burger. 33.7 points. Watch it come. <laughs> I, boringly, I, I will back Dak. Why not someone like Evans? Feels like a game where he's going to get, like, targets in the red zone coming out of his ears and just do nothing but get three touchdowns and come out with 30 points or something ridiculous. No, probably Dak. But it could be quite even. It could be, a, I think it's a game where 
anyone could come out on top um, re- in, the, in that sort of quarterback battle it's going to be really isn't it well yeah it's going to be interesting as well if Dak is as mobile after his injury or if he's just uh, he's not as good on his feet because if he is if he is as mobile he'll he'll be one of those quarterbacks who always picks you up points like a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray or you know our Mahomes Lamar Jackson you know you're never you're very much safe playing those quarterbacks every single week because quarterbacks that run are quarterbacks that get your fantasy points yeah I mean obviously Cowboys have come out and said you know he's going to be starting week one and he's fine and they'll make it seem like he's completely all right but you never really know he'll have smoke and mirrors I think after such a horrific injury even if, you know, it might be working completely fine. And I'm sure, you know, they wouldn't put him in unless he was completely, you know, physically healthy. But there's that other side of the mental thing, you know, if if I had that happen to me, all I'd be thinking about when I'm running off to the left is, God, what linebacker is going to hit me in the ankles and it's going to happen again. Yeah, that's the concern, I think. I, you, you've seen it with other players who've come back from injury and just, they've still been good and they've still been productive. They've just not been the same. If, if we get really boring and take it all the way over to cricket, look at Stuart Broad, oh, but he got hit in the head. He um, His batting lost confidence for something like five years. He's recently come back into a better form, but something happens, an injury happens in sport, and it's not about your phys- it's not about your ability or your physical health. It's more about your confidence, I think. And we'll see, see how that knocks him. Speaking of who I think is going to get the most points, I'll go out on the limb. You've both gone dark and been boring, so I'll go out and be a bit more interesting. Let's say Michael Gallup. Let's say Michael Gallup gets a couple of, I don't know, 60-yard touchdowns or something. You know, They're going to be throwing the ball a lot, aren't they? If, if what happens, what we expect will happen, happens. And Tampa are controlling the game and running the ball, and, you know, grinding the game out. You can see Cowboys being behind and time on the clock and chucking it down. And, you know, Michael Gallup might get a couple of grabs. Well, you definitely haven't chosen the boring option. Yeah. Episode number two, we're going to go for each position group over the next couple of weeks as we run up to the season and run up to your drafts. Uh, This week, we're going to look at running backs. We're going to look at the running back one. So the RB ones for the year. We're going to choose a top 12 so we're each going to go through our top 12 and then after that we will commune and debate and talk about who we think are the official list of the RB1s for the 2021 season. So our top four, surely we're all going to have a top four. Alex, we'll get you first. Well, number one, boring as ever, but, but CMC. Um, I think... It's a risk. There is a risk there. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if we see some drafts around, you know, the ones on YouTube or even our own, where CMC doesn't get picked first. I think that the risk is there with the injury. But in a PPR league like we play, he's just too good to not go for. The upside is just unbelievable. His receptions are just for a running back. I know he only played three games last year, but he was for for receptions per game. He was 18th in the whole league, top out of all the running backs. He ended on on average more receptions per game than likes Jefferson, AJ Brown, and DK Metcalf. I mean that's just silly. I know it was only three games, so it's a small sample, but even that it just shows that he this guy gets targeted and his snap percentage. you know, I don't know it, but it's got to be one of the highest of all the running backs. So I think, you know, he's if you don't pick him first, you're a brave man. That's all I'd say. Uh, my number two is is Dalvin Cook. 
I had him last year, and I can't believe I picked him up at eighth. It's got to be the steal of the draft, surely. How how he can go down to eighth? I think he's the most consistent pick. I think if you want to go consistent and you don't want to take any risks this year, and you just want to get a team out that can get points and probably get you to the top four, I think Cook is the consistent pick out of all of these top four out of the entirety of the running backs. I think he, you know, he comes up. You're second for rushing yards, second for rushing touchdowns. You know, he's just consistent, and I think he will remain that sort of first, second down back that gets a lot of yards and does really, really well. Um, for Carolyn, top four, number three, Derek Henry. I think it's really close between him and Kamara, who I've got at four. Henry, you know, had a killer season last year, I think. Um, you know, came out most rushing touchdowns, most yards. You know, he was he was unbelievable. You know, he was running 40-yarders, it seemed like, every week. So, yeah, I think I have Henry at three. And then Kamara at four, who Kamara, all of them could easily be at one, two, three or four, I think. It just depends on your opinion. Kamara's good in PPR leagues. He gets targeted a lot. But, um, yeah, that would be my top four. Nice. <laughs> seeing, seeing as my top four is identical to yours, Alex, I think I'll go next. Yeah, CMC, Cook, Henry, Kamara. I think CMC's got to be number one. He's a massive, massive part of the offense, and he, he's got to be number one simply because of the, the number of points he's going to get, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, yeah, he's literally their offense is CMC. And to be fair, they did well last year chucking the ball. So we'll see. Maybe they'll adjust it a little bit, but I still think he's number one. Cook second. I just think I'm going with the consistency here more than anything because consistently every single year he's getting points and he does receive the ball and he does run it a lot. And, you know, he punches in and gets touchdowns as well. Their offense hasn't changed much at all. It looks like the Vikings are going to run very similar if not the same next year so he's just completely not a risk anyone at number two i would advise him to take cook because you know he is a pure rb1 you're not taking any risk there and he's going to get you points every single week the three and four henry and kamara i wouldn't argue anyone who's got him at three or even two to be honest i've put kamara at four i put henry at three because i just think he's less of a risk again for me when you're looking at rb1s you've got to get someone in who's going to get you points every single week that is why you take a running back so early on and if you're going to reach and take take a running back like most people do especially in the top four you've got to grab someone who's not a risk Elliot is the prime example of someone who wasn't blown out of injury but definitely wasn't anywhere near as high as most people picked him and I think Kamara he's still my number four but there's a bit more of a risk with him with their offense changing with Drew Brees retiring, essentially that he might fall off a bit <laughs> saying that he could easily go the other way and, and blow up. But yeah, so I've gone Henry, then Kamara. Henry speaks for himself. He's just going to run the ball like a madman and chuck everyone to the floor. Nice. I'll go with mine. Then I am the first pick in the draft. Um, so this might surprise you. I, I'm a bit shocked that, that you've not taken the change at quarterback a Carolina Panthers into account. So CMC is still my number one pick. He is an yeah. <laughs> he's I was worrying where you're going there. He's so good. Um yeah, he's he's amazing. It doesn't matter who's a QB, they're gonna utilize him. He will be picked first in our league. Come again. By me. <laughs> yeah, again. Um then it changes a bit for me. King Henry 
And number two, he's been the rush leader for two years on the trot now. He is just an animal. He sits people on their ass. He's genuinely incredible. And towards the end of the season, there are no running backs that are anywhere near him. I get that at the beginning of the season, he's never amazing. But if you're in the playoffs and you've got Henry, like you can back yourself. Like he's, he's going for it. He's incredible. So I've got him at two. I would pick him second. I'd pick him over Kamara and Cook. Uh, I just think he's, yeah, I think he's awesome. Then I've got Kamara next. Um, that's just because of his pass catching ability and feels like it's so difficult to get Kamara on the ground. Whenever I watch highlights for Kamara, he gets tackled about nine times and he's still running. Um, so yeah, really like him, him at three and then Cook, uh, I don't know, maybe he's just more of your standard workhorse, good back who's going to get you good points and standard. But yeah, he didn't excite me loads. I mean, he's still fourth. He's still an incredible running back and obviously he's one of the best in the league, especially for fantasy. But yeah, I've got him at fourth. I thought the other three um, have definitely have the potential to do better and Cook is maybe the safe option. But if I were picking the top three, I'd be picking CMC, Henry and Kamara. Yeah. One of the caveats I did have for Cook was that I do think this could be Justin Jefferson's break, massive breakout season. I think he's going to be really good. And that could take away from the way Minnesota play. But like you said, they don't really change up their tactics much. But I think if there is a time to, I think if they go all in on Jefferson this year, maybe Cook will, of course, he'll still get touches, but maybe he'll be a bit more of a sort of standard first, second down back and they'll just rely on him to pick those yards up rather than make the big plays in the end zone. That's the only negative I can think of Cook. So I think it's fair enough putting him down at four. Yeah, I mean, any of these four, you know, CMC is obviously the number one because of the upside. But any of the other three, you can sort of argue for any any order you like. Yeah, I, I mean, Cook for me, just because I think their offense is going to run the same. Yes, I think Justin Jefferson will have a breakout season, but I don't know that necessarily takes away from Cook. You know, he'll just be more the wide receiver one. And I think, if anything, Thielen will fall off rather than Cook falling off. The one thing I would say to Sam, having Henry at two, is are you at all worried about him not being involved in the passing game at all? I mean, we're talking about PPR leagues because they're most common. Um, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't get passed to, but he also just knocks down any defender that gets in his way. You know what I mean? He, the pass catching backs are useful in the red zone, don't get me wrong. Um, cause obviously they're the short option. I do think that they go to their man more and all these top four are all going to be that team's bloke or that team's go-to guy in the red zone. But if you're five yards out, you've got four downs with Henry. Henry's getting it in like 98 times out of a hundred. Like it's just running through a D lineman into the end zone. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, Mike Vrabel did come out and say towards the end of the year when they were going into the playoffs they were going to try and work Henry into the passing game a bit more I, don't, I think he will be included a bit more in the passing yeah, game but you know, the reason why he's solo down for me well not solo down he's third but the reason why he's third for me over Cook is because he's not involved so much and he's so dependent on that run and you know if anyone can work out how to stop Henry, then he's screwed. I didn't know. No one really yeah, will. The thing, the thing is um, they did try and get him into the pass game and it didn't really work. He didn't, uh, didn't really suit it. We know that he's not very good at it, but it's not difficult. You know, they're, they're not tricky. They're not outsmarting you with the run. They're going, here is Derek Henry. Stop him. And they can't, and they haven't been able to for the last two years. 
don't see any players coming out of the draft being able to stop him. Maybe one game a season he'll be stopped or slowed down a bit, but still going to be like 15 points plus, I reckon. Yep, fair enough. So let's go five to seven next. We'll start off with you, Sam. Yeah, I've got number five, Nick Chubb. Really good. Really like him. Picked him up really late last year. Um, Yeah, incredible running back. Balance is insane and he's built like an outhouse again. Just bounces off players. At six, I've Saquon. Won me the league two years ago. Yeah, really, really good. Obviously, he's been injured, so I don't know how he'll come back. So that's why he's out of the top top five. So he's number six. Number seven, Jonathan Taylor, a new back. Incredible player, looked really good with the Colts last year. He gets points, he receives good balance as well. Yeah, I like him. Um, so he's at seven. So yeah, Nick Chubb, Saquon, and then Taylor. Lovely. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, at five, I've, I've gone Saquon. I think he's one of him and CMC are one of the examples of players that are quite clearly the best player in their offense by a considerable margin that the team's go to tactic is going to be to give them the ball. Now, one caveat would be that are the Giants going to have slightly shifted the way they play because they've had to go an entire season without him? You know, they picked up Kenny Galladay. Are they going to play slightly differently? I doubt it, but I guess that's one caveat. I even considered putting him at fourth, which would have screwed up the top four start of this pod. But um, I think, yeah, I think he's going to be used so much. But I do think he could fall down drafts. I think that if you're like pick seven or eight, you could actually end up with him. And I think he would be the steal of your draft if you got him that low, because I think people might be scared of the injury and might also new players. Uh, might not really know much about him. So they might look at last year's stats and see why he didn't play. So do I pick him? So I do think he's someone who could fall down. Six, I've got Chubb. Same reasons as Sam. He's a machine. People bounce off him. Caveat, he's part of a two, but I, it doesn't seem to have affected him at all. So I don't think it's anything to worry about. You know, it's similar to the way Washington do it. It's uh, just the are, way they play. There are definitely like pros and cons to picking a back in a two. Obviously, he's not going to get all the snaps. But then he's going to be the one for the go-to when he's on the pitch. He's the he's the main guy. I, I would put him. I would put him with Cook as that sort of safe pick, that pick where you can just pick him and you can trust him to get twenty points a week for you. And if you're that type of player, if you're inclined not to take any risks, he might be someone to go for. He's another one who I think could fall down lower than five or six. I think he could end up if people start picking receivers high. You know, if Kelsey goes high, I think he's someone who you could get late on, like eight, seven or eight in the draft, and he'd be a steal. One number seven is the same as Sam's. It's Jonathan Taylor. He's someone who we were all a bit unsure of at the start of last season. He didn't settle instantly. It took a little bit of time to find his feet. But once he did, he showed how good he was. He's behind a pretty good O-line. My only caveat with him is that the Colts are a bit of a fantasy mess and that we don't really always know what they're going to do and that they're kind of a little bit unpredictable. And Taylor had a few moments last season where he was playing really well, but he only came out with like 12 or 13 points. So I think he's probably the riskiest player we've mentioned so far. I feel like he could easily have a season where he's down at RB like 13 or 14. But then again, he could have a season where he's up at literally RB two or three. Like I I think he could be capable of that, especially if he's prioritised in the offence, which I think he will be. So yeah, it's pretty much the same as Sam, just a slightly different order. Yeah, new quarterback as well for Taylor, obviously with Carson Wentz moving to the Colts. 
So be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's a really interesting comparison with Taylor, especially when Wentz is there, because people were talking about maybe not in the same in the same level, but people were talking about Miles Sanders a lot last year in a similar sort of ilk because he really pushed on towards the end of the season as a rookie and people were saying, you know, Eagles have got a really good O-line and he's going to break through and he's going to do really, really well. Taylor, again, same story, rookie last year, really, really broke through towards the end of the season. Cole have an amazing O-line and then surely he's going to do amazingly well. And then you add in this other comparison of Carson coming in. Look at what Miles Sanders did last year with Carson. And it was a, just a bit of a mess. And they sort of got it together towards the end of the season. But, I mean, I had Miles Sanders last year because I was so high on him. And he, I mean, he disappointed for a lot of the season. He was still okay, but he disappointed compared to what he could have done. And you do worry about that with Taylor. I don't think that will happen with Taylor. And I think Taylor is going to be their lead back. And because they're so run heavy, I don't think they're going to put all their trust in Carson Wentz. I mean, who would? So my my five is actually the same as Alex's. It's Barkley. So I mean, I I feel like you can't have Barkley not in the top five simply because I sort of see him as like a a Christian McCaffrey light. Like he's he's very similar. Like he receives the ball a lot. Obviously, he's nowhere near as good, but he receives the ball a lot. He is he is basically their offense. I mean, Daniel Jones is their quarterback and they've got, you know, no intentions to change that. So I think Barkley providing he was injured. I mean, I picked him, picked him up first round in last season and the season before that. And he disappointed both times, but yeah, I, I think you can't look past Barkley simply because of the role he's going to have in that offense. My number six is Taylor because I think he, if he does as well as he did towards the end of the season, particularly sort of in the playoffs the last couple of weeks. If he does that again consistently every week, which I think he will, he'll be easily top 10. And I think he could even go beyond that. So he's there. And then seven is Chubb. And I want to say Chubb is only down at seven because of how highly I rate Barkley and Taylor. Chubb is an amazing player. And particularly if you're new to the NFL watching it, he's a brilliant player to watch. His burst is just incredible. I mean, he gets the ball and he just pings out like a slingshot on it it's incredible to watch and i do not worry about kareem hunt being alongside him i think he's shown last year that he can work with kareem hunt and still be productive in fantasy i think with the top seven i think even all the way down to eight and nine you these players are just considerably better because of the consistency and that we know what they can do i doubt that they're going to be the top seven running backs come the end of the year but i think if you're going into a draft and you're these are all seven, I reckon, will all go first round because you can have a couple of receivers and then the rest will be, you know, I reckon you get minimums in a 10-man league, seven running backs picked up. And I think you've just got to go for the ones that you can trust and the teams you can trust. All, you know, people who are either prioritised or with good O-lines or are just machines like Chubb and Henry, I think that, that these seven will pretty much go first round in everyone's drafts. Once you get down past sort of maybe 12 or 13 you're looking at players that are really risky and of especially the draft i think has changed certain running backs that did well last year i don't think will do well this year because of the way that teams might have drafted um so i think it's it's going to be interesting yeah i agree i mean i think it entirely depends on what pick you have we're quite evenly this first um in this pod sam's got number one i've got number five and Alex has got number 10 so i think for me particularly I mean I remember thinking really in depth about who I was going to pick at five 
because most people pick a running back in the first round. And if I'm going to do that, there's a massive drop off between four and five. And who is that five? You know, a lot of experts in the US say that Taylor is their five. I just think he's a risk. Obviously, me and Alex have said Barkley and Sam, you've said Dub. So I think a lot of people have a different person at that number five. I think taking a running back early and securing that RB1 spot is is really going to be beneficial for the fantasy season. Um, moving on then, number eight, let's go. Who's your eight to 10, Alex? So number eight, I've got Jones. I don't really know what to say about the Packers. Uh, I do think that actually he might be someone that we can rely on a bit next season because the Packers are the Packers and they're going to be good even if Rodgers leaves. Like they, they may they may be on the cusp of playoffs, but they're still going to be up there. They've got a team with great players and I think Jones is consistent. I think he actually had a better year than we probably all expected last season. Number nine, I've got Austin Eckler. Uh, I'm quite high on the Chargers uh, going into next season. I think that their offense was actually really good and went under the radar. Both him and Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry all had really good. And Herbert obviously had great years. And I think he's going to have a good year. He does a bit of pass catching. He does. He moves really well. He's used a lot. He's you know, he's pretty much playing every every snap. I think he's really reliable and he's again someone that, that I consider, you know, likely I could end up with and come the draft he could be even higher up because I'm quite high on him. I think he he could have a really good year and I think he's really reliable. And then number ten, I've got Elliot, who I think is he's awkward. He could be down at fifteen on my list easily, but I think that he is still as good as we thought he was. He just had a bad year. And I think that Dak getting injured shook the Cowboys up. And, you know, everyone, not just Elliot, went from being, you know, whatever they could be to awful. And I think that he's going to have a better year. I think with Dak around, it should help morale. It should help the team come together a little bit more. And I think it should take a little bit of pressure off his shoulders. I did feel there was a lot of pressure on him once Dak got injured to be that star because they kind of are seen as the two big stars at the Cowboys and I feel like it was all on him and he didn't live up to it and I feel like this year if Dak's doing what Dak does and Elliot can just go about his business and I think he's a you know he's on that cusp of a first round pick but I think he is still a good pick I think he would be one of the best RB2s to pick up if you're in like a 10 or 12 man league but uh, yeah that's my uh, my 8 to 10 Jones at 8 Eckler 9 Elliot 10 nice my my 8 is Austin Eckler really like him Good running back, very good catching out of the back as well. And with Justin Herbert playing like Justin Herbert played the end of last year, uh, yeah, incredible. I think he's got a lot of upside. Not sure that he really competes with the top four or five, but uh, definitely a point scorer. That's the thing. I think when you're looking at it, you see the top four or five, they're incredible running backs, and then they score you points. Austin Eckler, he doesn't look as good as the top four or five, but he's going to get you points. Then at nine, I've got Zeke. Uh, yeah, I think the same as Alex, really. Incredible running back. Um, bad season, but if you saw what he did two years ago, if you just watch his highlights from the 2018 season, yeah, you'd be convinced to pick him in the top three. <laughs> like, he was he was nuts. Uh, and he's definitely, got, so he's definitely got it in him. He just needs to find it. So no, I think I think he should still be up there. And number 10, bit of a rogue one. I've got Miles Sanders. Um, again, we've got glimpses. Still very young. Good catching at the backfield, incredibly good runner. Yeah, I like him. So I think that we're getting down now. You know, those top five, top six are very good backs. The top four are standalone. And now we're 
dropping down into that region where, you know, you're still going to get good points. You're still going to average really well with those backs, but they're not really competing those top four or five. Um, but yeah, I think I'll do all right. Cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like, I like Sanders as well. Um, I haven't got him in my top 10, however, and it baffles me somehow. You haven't got Jones in your top 10. Why is that? Um, I don't know. When Jones got injured, Jamal Williams stepped up to the plate and did just as well. Jamal Williams He's now at the Falcons, up. I believe. Is he? Okay. Well, still okay. Jamal Williams was picked over Jones at running back. Um, which leads me to believe that the running backs are good and Jones is good and he does come up. He does crop up later on, but is it the O-line? And when that gets shuffled a bit and with all this going on with Aaron Rodgers, is it more the team that's helping him out? Yeah, he's still a really good running back, but I don't have him in my top 10. He, um, Jamal Williams at the Lions, by the way. The Lions. Lions is that right? Yeah, right. Which, is, which affects my list because I would have had Swift higher up, but I think that it may mean that Swift is going to have a little bit less less on him. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the, the main point there was that whoever stepped into that role was doing a good job, and that leads me to believe that it's not necessarily the ability of Jones, maybe more the O-line, which pushed him down a little bit. He's still in my top 12, so... Yeah, it's actually it's funny you you make those points because it sort of makes me think maybe I should push him down a bit more. I think it's interesting when you talk about the O line, and I think with Green Bay historically, I mean, my main point with Jones is that historically he's done very very well and consistently done with fantasy, so I assume it's less of a risk. But I think maybe you're right with you know people like David Bakhtiari in that Green Bay O line, like really helping out, and you know all those. Those are, that O-line is now starting to deteriorate, so it'll be very interesting to see how he does next year. I still have him in the top 10. I've got eight, Eckler, same as Sam. I just think that offense is going to do really well with the Chargers. And I think, you know, it's difficult to talk about, you know, the whole offense as, oh, you know, the whole offense are going to do better, so they're all going to do really well. You know, maybe that's a little bit of a mistake, but I do think Eckler performs very well next year. I think he's going to be the lead back easily the the lead back of Chargers. The only caveat I would have with him is that he was a little bit injury prone last year. He didn't tend to miss chunk, you know, he sort of just had little niggles here and there, didn't tend to miss loads. But I think you when you're picking your top twelve, you know, if you're picking someone at eight, try not to worry about injuries too much. So Eckler's in my A simply because of the upside, he receives the ball a lot, I think the offense is going to do well. Jones is my number nine. And the reason he's number nine is because of that consistency. And to be fair, Sam's got a good point there. He could well slip down. And I think, you know, use caution when you pick Jones because he could be relying on that O-line. But also, I think he's just a bit of an unknown. He's done very well the last couple of years and he's been very consistent the last couple of years. So Aaron Jones at nine has got to be in my top. Number 10, first time we're going to mention this guy tonight, uh, Cam Makers. I really like him. And I made that comparison between sort of spoke about Miles Sanders' rookie year and Jonathan Taylor's rookie year last year. And obviously Akers was in his rookie year last year as well. I think the reason he goes straight into the number 10 is because of who's there behind him. And I think he is quite clearly their RB1. And he shows towards the end of the year how productive he can be. And they've got a good O-line. Sort of all that together sort of makes me think, you know, he's, he's got to be in and around it. And I think he's definitely, he's definitely that ilk of RB1 for sure. Yeah, I I can I think that Cam Akers, I've seen him floating around in top tens of other people. And I think, strangely, one caveat I have of Cam Akers is that the, the division he's in, 
this may sound a bit stupid, but he's playing the Cards and the Seahawks, who are two teams that infamously crap against the throw. You know, Seahawks couldn't defend the throw to save their life. Cards have new cornerbacks. You know, they've lost Patrick Peterson. I think strangely with Cooper Cup, I think that we could see the Rams. I'm obviously Matt Stafford. I think they could throw the ball a little bit more, but I don't think that takes away from Kamei because I think he's going to have a really good year. And I completely agree. The O-line is too good. And I know you said about the Green Bay O-line carrying Jones, but I think a good O-line speaks a huge amount for how good a bat can be. You know, Taylor, Jones, um, Akers, even Chubb, all of them have pretty good O-lines in front of them. So they, I think that that can carry a, a running back even further up. So I can see why you put Kamei top 10. Yeah, Cam Akers is, is yeah, still up there for me, as we'll find out. But yeah, no, I like Cam Akers. Talk about him more in a minute. <laughs> cool. Go on then, Sam. Talk about him. Let's go your 11 12. 11 is, is Jones. Yeah, 11 is Jones. Yeah, as I, I say, use caution, like you did the O-line. If they don't perform, he maybe won't be as good. But his stats speak for themselves he's still got the same O-line behind him. They're just getting older now and not as productive maybe. Um, but yeah, still really good. Catches up the back, gets touchdowns, does his job. A true RB1. He's definitely an RB1. You can't not call him an RB1, it would be my argument. If you were picking seven or eight and a wide and a top wide receiver, which we'll go on to later in the podcasts, um, get you want to, they're still there, pick them up and then you manage to pick up Aaron Jones in the second round, you've done well. Like you should be happy. Yeah. Um, number twelve, Cam Akers. Yeah. It, again, a bit more risky because of just how young he is, but incredible um, ability there. And we saw that at the end of last season and in the postseason, just how good he can be. The first half of last season, he was like, didn't see him. Like he'd be on everyone's waivers for the first like seven weeks, and then he was just incredible for the last like four weeks, and then postseason, I was just doing so well. So yeah, he's 12 for me. Still young, so a bit of a risk, but really like him. Ability's there. The ability of Cam Akers is up there in the top six or seven, I think. Um, it's just a fee, bit more risky, so I've, I've put him down. Yeah, nice. Yeah. What about for you, Alex? Who makes it? Who makes it into the RB1 status for you in the last two? Number 11 is a guy none of us have mentioned, uh, Antonio Gibson. I think he is someone who gets overlooked massively. Last season, he was overlooked. I think he ended up going as like an RB2. And I, I think he's much better than that. I don't know. I think he's I think he's really good. I think Washington are a team that, okay, they're not incredible, but they're quite solid all, all over the shot, really. And I think that Gibson is consistent. And for me, I prefer consistency over the risk for upside. So I think he's consistent. Yes, he's in. Yes, he's in a pair. So, like we said, that can have its ups, it can have its downs, but it's a pair that's worked really, really well together. And I think that Gibson is a great choice. He was injured a little bit last year, was he not? Um, and he, he had a couple of weeks out, a bit like X, yeah. just sort of had and I think and if he'd missed have, a few games. If he'd have played those, I think he'd be more in our conversation because he's just so consistent. He can get you 20 points a week. And I think for me, that's a true, he's a true RB1. And I know, you, you know, you guys may put him lower, but for me, someone who's consistent is, you know, if I, if you're 10th pick like me in a, in a 10-man 
Japan League and you pick up like Eckler and Gibson or or Elliot and Gibson, I think you're you're doing really well there. So maybe right at the top of RB2, but in a bigger league, I'd definitely say an RB1. And then number 12, same as Sam, Cam Akers. He could have easily been at 11, him and Gibson. I swapped him about five minutes before I sent you that list. So it, it doesn't, to me, it's it's literally on one hand, you've got someone I think is really consistent. And on the other hand, you've got someone who I think is got the potential like sam said he's got that ability i think regardless of his fantasy points he's going to have a good season he could he, he could outscore taylor he could outscore jones he could outscore chubb you know if he had a really good season but i think if you're going into a draft and you want to make a pick that's smart i don't think he's a pick you pick high up uh, i think if you're in a big league and you get him as your rb1 at 12 you're doing pretty well for yourself um so yeah i have him at 12 so my top 12 Gibson and Akers in, in your um in your bottom two, Alex. Two rookies, I like it. Uh, my 11 is Sanders, just because I think he can do really well, you know, same reasons as what Sam said. He could do really well at the Eagles. Eagles, one of those teams that we expect to approve next year if Jalen Hurst doesn't completely flop. Uh, Sanders is their lead back, and we saw what he could do when he was a lead back, sort of week 15-odd last year. He did really well. Um so Sanders is my 11 and my 12 is Zeke Elliott, who you both have quite a bit higher up. Alec, yeah. you've got him at 10 and, and Sam at nine. So yeah, Zeke for me, just because I sort of haunted from what happened last year, he, he fell off a little bit and did a lot worse than what we expected him to do. And I think that shows really what happened to Dallas's O-line. I don't expect him to do amazingly well, but he is, you know, you can't look past him as a clear RB1 because I think his, his backup is Tony Pollard and, you know, he, do, he does bits here and there, but I think Zeke is Zeke is the clear option. And if Cowboys really improve next year, then, you know, he could be easily a top 10 running back. So for me, he's got to be an RB1. He's a, is he a draft pick one? Let's have a look. What pick was he? He was a, quite a high pick uh, one year for the Cowboys. And I know that doesn't always resonate, but I feel like it does make a team have a little bit more faith in a player like Elliot. So pick, was he pick four? I'll pick four. I knew he was a high pick. I think he's great. And I think he's a good pick. Cool. That's all of our top 12s. So next episode, we'll run through RB2s and RB3s. But before we do that, we need to determine for definite who are our RB1s for next year. So this is the way I'm going to work it out. If two or more of us have voted for them at that pick, then they go at that pick. So that covers... The top five, obviously, we all had CMC first. And then me and Alex had the same pick, four, three, five. So it goes CMC, number one, then Cook, then King Henry, then Alvin Kamara, then Saquon Barkley. Other picks that are confirmed, Sam and Alex picking Taylor at seven. So Taylor goes in at seven. Me and Sam picking Eckler at eight. So Eckler goes in at eight, which means our top eight are pretty much confirmed other than place six. So Alex had Chubb at six, Sam had Chubb at five, and I had Chubb at seven. Has to be Chubb, surely. Yeah, it got to be yeah, Chubb. Just on that, five, six, seven, we average six. It has to be Chubb, surely. I'll whack him in. So not much left to sort. The bottom four now, so nine through 12, people we have left. So Alex picked Gibson. Neither Sam nor me picked Gibson in the top 12. Oh, and Alex didn't have Sanders at all in the top 12. I'm happy to leave out Gibson and let Sanders be in the top 12. Uh, I'm not even going to really argue his corner. 
least my I wanted to have at least one pick that was a little bit different, not just be the same. But I'd be happy to say that Gibson could be down at like 14, 15 for some people. So I'm happy to push him away and let Sanders have that spot. How gracious of you. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll we'll leave we'll leave Gibson out then. So that leaves Jones, Elliot, Akers, and Sanders for our next four. So Jones for Alex was at eight. And for me, was at nine, down to 11 for Sam. Where do you think we put him? Happy for him to go at nine. I think eight's too high. Nine. I think yeah. it's him and Elliot for nine, I think, I would say. The... Have, we got, have we got up to eight sorted now? Yeah. Yeah, up to, up to eight is sorted. So yeah, I'll go. make my case for Elliot being further down. I think Jones should go at nine. And I, I think because... Elliot is a bit more of a risk. And I think when you're choosing a true RB1, you want consistency there. And I just think you get more consistency with Jones and more of a risk with Elliot. So I would argue for Jones. Yeah, I I agree with Adam. Obviously, I put Jones up at eight. That for the exact reasons Adam says, I think he's really reliable. And maybe I look at it different to you guys, but I prefer a reliable back. Um. I really, my 8, 9, 10, I've really thought about because it's likely going to be my pick. And I think Jones is just the one you can trust. I think if you can trust an RB1, you're probably going to do quite well. Yeah, I generally pick players I enjoy to watch more. Um, Just out of personal preference. Jones, yeah, I'm happy for Jones to be number nine. The only caveat to our listeners would be if Aaron Rodgers leaves, then maybe reassess. When Rogers leaves, we'll redo all our lists. Yeah, when Rogers goes to the Broncos, we'll end up putting Melvin Gordon at RB1 overall. 1.1, Melvin Gordon, because Rogers is there. <laughs> Nothing has any impact on what the running back does. Anyway, that sounds like we're happy with, let's go Jones, then Elliot. So Jones at nine, Elliot at 10, which leaves Sanders and Akers. Alex, what order do you want them in? I'd argue for Akers over Sanders. I didn't have Sanders in my top 12, but he actually has been in my top 12 whilst I've drafted up this list about a thousand times. Um, I would say Akers for me. I think the Eagles are having a bit of a transition period. I think Jalen Hurts, as we spoke about last podcast, is going to have a brilliant season. I think Sanders will have a really good season too, but I think the risk with Eagles in general is too much. And I think with the Rams, like we said about O-lines, their O-line's so good. You can trust Akers is not going to do terrible. Terribly. And I think that Sanders could do terribly. I would say if Akers did terribly, he'd be quite unlucky. So I'd put Akers at 11, Sanders at 12. Sam, who do you have, Akers or Sanders? I do the ability from Cam Akers is incredible, but I, I would have I would have Sanders over Akers. Well, you're the casting cool. vote then, Adam. How about you? Yeah, that comes down to me then. Um, I had Akers at 10 and Sanders at 11, and I'm going to stick by it. And, and I'll say that Akers is higher than Sanders. I'll go with Alex. Just because Miles Sanders is, I'm just not as convinced by him. After watching Akers for a year last year and watching what he can do as the RB1, I just think he can do really well. And, you know, it's, again, less of a, well, yeah, a bit less of a risk. I do think that the, the Eagles will do more running than last year. But just with Jalen Hurts taking up some of those rush yards, 
and Cam Akers more coming into the role with the Rams. And, I, I, you know, they've got Stafford, but I still think they're a running offense. I still really think they're a running offense. And they're running offense last year with basically just a cohort of players holding back Akers to eventually completely take over. And I think this year he does completely take over. So cast and go. We'll stick Akers in ahead of Sanders. I do think that Cam Akers' ability is well up there. The only reason he was lower on my list was um, age. So, yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Cool. Alex, what do you think of our list? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's it's not far off. All of our lists are quite, you know, top eight, nine, ten, really similar. I think that next pod we're going to have a bit more variety, which will be better and allow, I think we're going to have a lot, this end bit is going to be a lot less definitive. But, yeah, I, I think you can't really argue. You could possibly change some of the orders, you know, eight and nine or whatever. But I think realistically the 12 backs we've got are going to be, picked in the first round especially in those deeper leagues i think sanders could fall down in some leagues but other than that i think that that top 11 is definitely going to be right up there in most leagues okay the official rb ones for this year are christian mccaffrey dalvin cook Derek henry alan kamara saquon barkley nick chubb jonathan taylor austin ankler Aaron Jones, ezekiel elliott cam akers and miles sanders so they are your rb ones Gibson at 38. Yeah, or maybe we'll talk about that. So next pod, we will go over the RB2s and RB3s. So it'll be a heavy one. We'll be talking about a lot of players. So um, look forward to that one, boys. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Chris Carson might be relevant. Chris Carson, Mm. yeah. Go for the Seahawks. Wait, are we going down to pick 60? No. Anyway, thanks very much, lads. Um, We'll see you in a couple of weeks.